Welcome to Locky Town, home of the Hammerlock, home of the Nucci, population winners. I'm your host, Fred Shadamas, here with Mikey Locks and Brew Betts, and we have perhaps the most special Locky Town podcast we've ever done. I would say, actually, without question. It's without it's question, mo- yeah. Yeah, without 100%. Special guest, Kerry Keating, is on the podcast with us today. A man who's seen it all in the college basketball world. Going to run through your bio real quick. You played at Seton Hall. You were also an assistant at Seton Hall. The Pirates. Vanderbilt. Commodores. Wake Forest. Demon Deacons. Nice. App State. No idea on that one. Do you know, Kerry? <laughs> Mountaineers. Mountaineers. Tulsa. The Waves. Hurricanes. Golden Hurricanes. Golden Hurricanes, close. Tennessee. Vols. UCLA. Bruins. Ian was head coach at Santa Clara. All of this according to Google and Wikipedia. So it's awesome for Great sources. And so I want to start off by saying our our thoughts and prayers are with you because we really wanted you to get that Michigan job. Well, that's how this all started. I was hoping (laughs) one of you guys is a Michigan grad because you better get on the phone with Juwan pretty quickly because if he doesn't have a college guy, he needs a college guy. We're going to be hiring a new coach in Michigan pretty soon. Again. You think it's really hard for an NBA guy just to. Yeah, especially nowadays. I mean, like they. College has changed so much. You know, it, it, it's, it's too much work for those guys, to be honest with you. Right. I mean, I see what's going on when I deal with these Warriors, and, and, the, and I worked for the Rockets for two years, helping them out out here with some, some scouting of some uh, college kids and some of the free agent evaluations. It, everything is done for a specific reason in the NBA. You do one job, you do one job only. And you're a head coach. Uh, you're a CEO of an organization that doesn't have those type of resources, even at Michigan, right. which has as many resources as anyone else in college, nowhere near. And it's just a work ethic thing. It's not a knock against those guys. They're just not used to doing it that way and dealing with parents. So when that job comes open, we're, we'll campaign again. Yeah, I mean, again, we're I back can take off as much time as I want. <laughs> at the end of the day, we're going to need to find a new Michigan at the end of this podcast. I'm going to throw Cal into the ring. I think that would be a good one, but we'll get there. Cal? I have a question for you um, before we get really started here. Your greatest career accomplishment. We've, we've looked up the accolades. There is a sterling resume. Recruited Russell Westbrook. It's one of them. Won the CBI and the CIT. That could be the best one at all. That, that's, those or, aren't easy. Or, or, or coming on the Locky Town podcast. Out of those three, what <laughs> well, is the best accomplishment? It's only been two minutes, so let's see what happens. Two minutes. We need so. a rank. All right, rank them at the end. Although the way this organically happens is, is a good start. I love it. Yeah. It was a funny start. What well, I like to engage in, in Twitter just because, look, this is going to go in all kinds of different directions, <laughs> as you can well assume, especially with the Gonzaga folks, because I say Gonzaga because I'm never going to not say Gonzaga. They get pissed at even say it's not Gonzaga, Gonzaga. I don't give a shit. What is it? It's Gonzaga. It's Gonzaga. I don't care what it is. They're kicking the crap at everyone anyway. It doesn't matter what you call them. Yeah. So I try to tell them, like, they all look at me as some young, hungry head coach who thought he could beat everybody and I beat them once in nine years we lost all of our home games except for one at that one so eight by a total of 56 points and I don't think he was bullshitting when I went to I went to Spokane um, in December for a business trip but went over to go see the Washington game and actually Mark was really complimentary I said well it's easy to say that now and I'm not freaking coaching <laughs> right you know but he said, you know, our games were the toughest ones that they had. I mean, we had, we had a couple of good players to be able to compete at that level. It's really hard to get the amount of players you need because of the disparity in support and just, just program understanding of where they're at and where they've been is really hard to overcome as the rest of the league is, is figuring out. But Santa Clara made the dubious uh, – took, took on the dubious test this year – of losing to Gonzaga by 50, 59 in one game. Did you see they took an ad out in the paper? No, let's not start about that. Don't, don't get me started about that. Because that, that is – I mean, you would be better off gambling the four grand on Gonzaga to beat you than to put the ad in the Spokane <laughs> paper and then take the returns and then take the ad out and still have the four grand left. I mean, we complete waste of money. But 59, I mean, I, you can't even create a bet, a prop bet. You couldn't parlay that thing or tease it. To, to 40, let alone 59. I was on Santa Clara that game. That was one of the worst beats of the year. You never go against Gonzaga against their I hate Gonzaga. I hate okay. betting on Gonzaga. The spread's always 23 points. It's like... I, and they few, always cover. You never rest the starters. They always cover. Uh, we just want to get your thoughts on the Pac-12. So, as you know, it's a gambling podcast. And this non-conference season, all we did was bet against them, pretty much. Playing the Big East, ACC, 
whatever, it doesn't matter. And we won, we hit about a 70% rate. That's good. So as a Colorado grad and we got Mikey Locks, Oregon grad, do you have any response to how bad the Pac-12 is? Is there any reason they suck? Just general thoughts. All right, let's start with Washington State. Just hire a new coach. Never call me to see if they want to go up there. Not that it would have gone to Pullman or subjugated my kids to being raised even for a day in Pullman. Smart man. <laughs> but, you know, I know Kyle, and I know he had a plan. His wife's from up there. He's got people. Okay. Washington. I've known Mike Hopkins since we were in college together. He was at Syracuse, same age, same time. Uh, they had no – hey, look, I would have gone up there and worked for him. Now, they're doing fairly well. So, yeah. I bring them up first because he's done a good job, and, and I'm not saying that the reason why they haven't – Taking a step because I'm not there, but did talk to him. USC, Cal, Stanford, most recently UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State. Now, I'm not saying I'm not going to change the world, but the last time I was an assistant in the Pac 12, it, it worked out pretty well. <laughs> not bad. Now, the head coach has a big responsibility for that, but you talked, open it up about getting players, understanding how it works, also having a successful run or somewhat successful run, or at least an understanding of what it takes to be a head coach and have that mentality. I would have loved to have had that when I first got in to Santa Clara's, have a guy with my experience as a head coach on the bench because there are things you have to kind of juggle, but also just to keep a focus of running the program and coaching the team. The Pac-12 since 07, 08, since the end of that run we've had, Disgusting. minus the, the Oregon run with Jordan Bell's team, thank you, thank you. has had no impact whatsoever on college basketball, let alone their own conference. Like, they can't even beat themselves. They're so bad. The only impact they've had, I'd say, is Sean Miller and a little bit of the uh, recruiting scandal. But I, also, I'm going to guess you're not, you're not a fan of the Mick Cronin hire? No, I, I am. I, I talked to Mick for the last month. I mean, I, I offered to go down there. We were in a, in a position where we can afford to do that, you know, in terms of moving. And my wife went to UCLA. We're not crazy about raising kids in L.A., but that's the life of how it goes. So... I went down and talked to him the week after and talked to him for two weeks, then crickets for two weeks and get a text that he hired some guy from Nebraska that I have no idea who he is. But I know Darren, his head assistant. We were assistants together back at Seton Hall in 1994. Darren and I are very close. I know him before he know Mick. I think Mick will do a, a good job there because I think he understands the magnitude of the job, but it's about to get real here pretty soon. But he I, could, mean, I mean, he couldn't even get to the second weekend all his uh, time in Cincinnati. Again, you said it, not me. It's about <laughs> to get real. You know, you have to... It doesn't. What's, what, what happens at UCLA is they get caught up in it's LA. You have to have a style. You don't have to have a style at UCLA. You just have to win. Like Ben's style was not pretty in the beginning, and no one really cared about him. We were going to Final Fours. They started to pick that apart because the player rotation and the roster got screwed up after I left, and it just got a little skewed. So they just picked apart his, his style, and then he gave into that a little bit. Still won the Pac-12 in his last year, and they still fired him. And I'm, I bet you now, now that we're talking about actually betting, I would be willing to bet that they would, he would still be there had they been able to see what would happen in the next five to seven years and where they're at now with two more coaches. He should still be there. Ben, ben should have finished his career at UCLA. He should still be there. What hindsight's 2020? When you were at UCLA, you mentioned player rotations, coaching. There's so much shit you have to deal with, obviously, in college basketball that you don't have to deal with in the NBA. What was your specialty like? Again, we mentioned you recruited Russ, which, you know, very well known for. It sounds like you were kind of on the recruiting trail a lot. Like, yeah. were you ever wiretapped? Don't have to answer <laughs> that. But what was, what was your, your specialty? Like, what was your strength at UCLA? So, you know, two things. I'll answer that in two parts. One is, in lieu, in lieu of what's happening right now and what has kind of transpired, um, there's, there's a little bit of that, you know, thought mentality. Since we're, you know, in social media. In the assistant coaching ranks. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of thoughts out there <laughs> coaching in the assistant coaching ranks. And it's not their fault. I have nothing against them. Um, they never came up through the ranks. Like, like, my existence in college coaching started when I was two years old. My dad was a college coach. He beyond, went on to become an athletic director. I was around coach. I was raised by coach. I was raised in the game. But when it was a little bit more pure and there was a little less distractions and opportunity that could lead to these distractions. So there's this sense of you got to get players. you got to be the guy to go get players. And maybe it's an AAU guy. Maybe it's a high school guy. They were hiring guys to bring a player in, and that's very dicey. Sketchy. And it, it, just, it just leads to this sense of, of you know, it, you eat, it's a vicious cycle where, where you're not really having success. It's all intermediate because there's a ton of guys that have gotten fired based on what the recruiting class is going to be. Mm -hmm. A ton of guys. 
They'll try to get another year, get another two years, saying, oh, our recruiting class is going to be great. I was always a big believer that recruiting rankings should really be done when they're finished. Case in point, Darren Collison. Everybody, we took Darren Collison in June before his senior year. And everyone in L.A. was like, what the hell are you taking him now for? There's only one other school that, that offered him was San Diego State because his high school coach went to San Diego State, David Kleckner, told San Diego State about them, about, about Darren. He was at Etiwanda. He was at a fairly visible school, but no one really had a, an all-out push. Again, Greg Paulus was the McDonald's American, All-American point guard that year. Okay? And great quarterback. Be- better quarterback yeah. than basketball player, probably. So there was questions about why are you taking Darren now? So trust the evaluation. But my, my, I bring that up because when we got the 04 class, which was Aaron Afalo, Jordan Farmar, Lorenzo Mata, and Josh Shipp, Everybody was like, oh, well, you're losing season last year. They're all L.A. kids. Of course you can get kids now because who the hell wouldn't want to go to UCLA from L.A. and play? They're all going to play. What are you going to do next year? And Jamie Dixon actually was, was one of those guys like needling me on the road like, oh, yeah, great. You, you, what are you going to do in 05? Well, 05, we got Luke Bamute, Alfred Boya, Ryan Wright, who I thought was going to be great. We actually beat Michigan State and Stanford for Ryan Wright. Transferred to Oklahoma. just never panned okay. out. Crazy athlete from Toronto. And Darren Collison and Mike Roll. Collison, Mike Roll, and Aboya were the only ones that stayed for all four years, have the most wins in UCLA history. Wow. So you look at a guy like Darren, again, no one's going to rank that class going in as better than even the class before with Farmer and a follow as McDonald's All-Americans, and yet Darren has the most wins. So if you ranked classes just by that alone, Darren would be, and his class, and Mike Roll, who's still playing overseas right now. So the, the whole landscape is, is really skewed right now towards trying to kind of get ahead of itself and I'm not surprised that this has come out the way that it came out is, is irrelevant we all know what's been going on what I pride myself on to, to give you a long answer to the question is not one secondary violation not one even iota like nothing you didn't in get 25 caught. years you didn't get caught well there's I didn't say that I, I just say said it's not, not, yeah. yeah, yeah, not on the record yeah yeah not on the record no but, no, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. really unnecessary and, and the reason why I'm saying is because what I found out at UCLA that I had to do I wasn't brought into UCLA or hired at UCLA to necessarily recruit initially and, but when I figured out the, the makeup of our staff certainly being in LA I'd never I recruited LA when I was at Tulsa because a third of the kids at Tulsa were from the west coast in the old WAC conference so I started doing California we signed Jamal Williams he ended up going to New Mexico and we left Tulsa signed T.J. Watson, who played on a California AAU team at Tennessee, and that kind of led to some more doors at L.A. But I realized I got to probably do more recruiting than Ben realizes. And funny story, we're working, the, like Ben, like, he wants to coach, wants to be on the court. You know, that's his deal. That's, that's, that, that, that's, his, that's, his, that's his jig. Like, I'm going down, and we're working these guys out. Like, you can't make these guys better. Like, it would be like working out the five of us, like, we're going to go beat Oregon next year. Like, I'll, we'll, we'll skill develop, like, after like two of them, and I was down there like, all due respect to Ryan Walcott, he ain't, he ain't, ain't winning. So I'm like, it. I can't affect these workouts. I need to be upstairs recruiting. About a weekend, Ben comes out, always come out and hike up his pants, like, come on, I'm going downstairs. Like, <laughs> see ya. You know, you're doing the right thing by not coming out of workouts and recruiting. I'm like, you're damn right yeah, I am. Like, yeah. I could have told you that after day one. And it, to me, it was, it was being able to help the players understand. Ben's methodology because players needed to not um, hear what he was saying, but really listen to what he was saying. And the message could have gotten skewed, and it did a lot. He's a yeller and a screamer. Mm-hmm. He's really firing intense. He's a great coach, and the proof is in that. And, and if you really listen to what he's saying and just don't hear all the noise and let it affect you emotionally, sometimes shut it down where you're not really listening to the message. It can, it can get screwed up. So I, I made it a point that when guys would come in the office or when I saw them around campus or even before after practice, just to reiterate some of those messages early that I, I figured, man, this guy's really helping these guys out. The, the, the classic one was Russell yeah. in his first like, full-on practice. He's the bat out of hell. He's flying around. He, ben didn't want to have his two guards offensively rebound. They had to get back on defense mm-hmm. for transition defense. Well, Russell being one of those two guards, well, Russell made most yeah. of his bones going offensively rebound. So he's going in there, and Ben's losing his shit. Like, get him off the court. Right, what the fuck? And he's over there. Now he's all pouting. And I said, listen, just you got to listen to what he's saying. Don't hear all the noise. Just listen to what he's saying. He's got the best interest in mind. Now, I didn't change the world, but mm-hmm. I, my point is I just wanted him to understand what the message was. Yeah. Because it was very hard for some of these young kids to understand that message that Ben was trying to get across. So at the end of the day, age-old question, X's and O's 
versus Jimmy's and Joe's? Which side are you on? So, in, in the big, great question, because my first couple of years at Santa Clara, I was like, I can X and O over anybody. And I still think that today. Yeah. But it's no question that the Jimmy's and Joe's make a difference. Now, we got some good ones at Santa Clara. We have four of the top six all-time leading yep. scorers, Brownridge and Foster. I think anyone would have taken yep. them. Remember them. But it's hard to get four or five or six of those guys there with the academic requirements, with the lack of resources, with the inability to go overseas, with your AD telling you you can't have any transfers. Yeah, that What's happens. What's that about? I've been living in the transfer portal like the fucking upside down do for you, the last 10 years. Do you have access to the transfer portal? No, I, I, I've, live, I've okay. lived in the transfer portal. You are portal. the transfer portal. I've, I've, I know you guys are all Stranger Things people. I, the upside down existed with me before I even knew what the hell the upside down was. It's this fucking transfer portal. <laughs> so you were a muscle man before muscle man. No, I, I, in the transfer portal I wanted to get in the transfer portal, but my AD was like, you can't have any transfers. Like, none of your kids can transfer. Like, you have to have a 100% success rate. And I'm like, he kind of used that against us for our, our extension after the CIT. And I protected my assistants. Like, I, one thing that I take pride in is I did everything that I could to make sure my assistants could survive because I stupidly didn't realize the cost of living here was worse than L.A. when I came from L.A. Yeah. And then I was going to raise a family. But it's even harder on the assistants. So I gave all the camp money back to the assistants. And all the things that I did was to protect them to make sure that they could live, whether it's fighting for raises for them and they yep. weren't getting paid nearly as much as what they are now. But I also didn't want to put them in a position where I couldn't provide them some security. So it's kind of this, this chicken or the egg deal, like, well, you can stay two more years, but you can't have any transfers of, with a few other things. And I'm like, all right, well, I shouldn't sign this, but I'm not going to leave my assistants out to dry. Yeah. And I don't have those conversations with them because I don't want them thinking anything other than just doing their job. But yeah, it's all about players. Is the I mean, AD still there? No. Okay, I was gonna, no. we can go have a chat with them. And- <laughs> we can take care of them. It, it's it's well, you lead piping. Yeah, no, I don't, you don't, know, even, I don't worry about that. it. Don't I didn't say that. Yeah, I mean, this is anything. a gambling rooted podcast, yeah, so I mean, yeah. like, yeah, we, we're we, gonna get to the gambling right we'll now. We'll send actually. our guy. I got a guy. We'll send a guy. Got a guy. Got you, got have, you have to have a guy everywhere you go. So, but, at your time at Santa Clara, though, do you think you did better as an underdog or as a favorite? If we're just gonna get into gambling oh, is it, right you now, you got numbers on this. Yeah. We looked them up. We got your numbers. That's a great question. We were probably really shitty against the spread. Against the spread. Against the spread. Yeah. We're probably better as in, uh, well, hell, when, when the hell were we favored? So we were probably better as an underdog because you're we probably an underdog like 90% of the damn yeah, time. Yeah. So I'd say underdog. That's yeah. correct. 69 and 70 and four against the spread as a dog. Okay. 35 and 61 and one as a favorite. Ouch. But how many of those were backdoor covers? I would probably say 75% of those must Maybe have been back, the fucking backdoor cover. <laughs> I know we didn't back to our cover against uh, Gonzaga unless you had the over. Your biggest. Because he kept his guys into the end and they kept freaking scoring. Why does he do that? Kills me. You know, I don't know. I look. Well, he did it against us at home. I tell you, when I got pissed one time, is he did it one time against at home, and and they were game was over and freaking Olenek dunked it at the buzzer, and I almost lost my shit. And he and Mark kind of got pissed. Hey, I'm, Aaron, I'm Aaron quoting. Are we videoing it? He got pissed yeah. at the kid. Like, come on, he really wasn't pissed. But Just give him a little wink. Yeah, and I, I was, you know, I, I'm a. I still respect opponents and respect the game. I, that's the one time I was a little miffed about it. That and Cuso dunked on us at, um, I don't know if you guys remember that freak athlete they had. I don't even know if he's a basketball player. And they don't have football up there. And, it, you know, he gets in the game because they're beating us by 50 again up at their place. So all the students are going ape shit. He dunked so hard one game. And, and it's nothing. When they're walk-ons and they're like athletes are dunking at the end of the game, okay, I get it. What are you going right. to do? And the funny thing is I would go – I love the going to Spokane. Like I, I think out of all the venues I've ever played at as, a, as an opposing coach, assistant, or head coach, my favorite place to play was Spokane. It's just the atmosphere is great. They, they, I tell you, they run a first-class operation. Their AD is on top of his shit. I mean, it's, there's a reason why they're doing well, and right. it's because they get a lot of players and don't care how they get them. But they run their program properly. I mean, they run their program and their, and their whole athletic department at a really, really high level. The student section was great, and it was none more apparent than I brought my business partner up to the game, and we, I showed him the whole pregame spectacle. I was like, yeah, I'd be, I'd be in the back, and I can hear him jumping up doing zombie nation. Like this, I would get fired up doing yeah. zombie. And he never knew that, and we're watching it from like the, the, the mezzanine or the halfway up. I was like, man, this shit is real. This is, this is a hype play. Like, this is, there's a reason why they do this well. They've done a great job. I loved going there, but in the first two years, I thought we could win. Yeah. So I'm coaching, like, you know, I got the whole face going, and yeah. people are like looking at it. Taking down Mark Few. No, well, they, they, they thought I was like some, some yeah. idiot. Like, oh, I didn't, you know, had no personality. I'll tell you what else happened, too. Brody Angley got absolutely smoked 
by by a screen, blind screen, right in the temple, knocked out like Debo, done. <laughs> and he comes out of the game. Now we got no shot because we had no backup point guard yeah. our first year. We had a walk on. So now I'm like, okay, now we can't win. And I'm just like, just livid, just pissed. We had a student trainer. The school didn't give us a full-time trainer. We had a student trainer. Turns down the doctor from Gonzaga to check Brody. Next thing I know, Brody's walking up, like, tap me on show, like, hey, I'm ready to go. I'm like, oh, okay, you must be ready to go. He gets in, he's like, uh, I'm like, no, he shouldn't be playing. Talk about concussion protocol, like, we violated all of yeah. it. And he, I think he had to stay up there for like a day or two because he couldn't travel. He was so jacked up. But after the game, I was so worried about him because I was like, oh my goodness, like, he might be like seriously injured. I had no thought after the game was over to talk to anyone just to go back and talk to Brody. So I go up and, and give Few the handshake, and he asks me about Brody, and it triggers it again. I said, you know what? I got to go check on him. And I literally about face and give like, I, I just totally blow off Leon Rice, like whatever. Yeah. And the rest of the team, it wasn't my intention. My intention was like, my guy is back there potentially dying. And everyone kind of views like, oh, this guy's a jerk. Did like, they blow oh, it up? Oh, a couple, you know, yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. people on their board did. Yeah. And, you know, a couple. Of, yeah, and he, that stuck. And then the guy sitting behind us for the next two years would always stick it back to me. So it's kind of fun to go back and let them know, like, hey, I'm not this yeah. jack wagon young coach who thought I could beach all the time. Like, I got a personality. Yeah. Like, I, I can take the losses in stride, especially now I'm coaching anymore. Right, right. But I loved going up there, man. It's so much fun. Speaking of people behind the bench, did you, like, back to gambling, did you ever hear, like, like anyone saying, coach, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta run it up. I gotta hit my over because we are those idiots and we've been there before. And I'm, I just, how prevalent is it? And more importantly, do you hear it? Like, are you aware of it? Ever? Not that, not that I can recall, but I keep in mind, I did grow up in New York and went to a handful of games in Madison square garden where yeah. all the third tier guys are able to come down when the game is over mm -hmm. to the court side and influence the gambling outcome as best they possibly can yeah. because everybody knows that that's all anyone cares about especially with the Knicks nowadays because they're not winning anything it's just about covering and whatever the bet actually was so I wouldn't be surprised you uh, weren't aware of the I wasn't aware I wasn't aware of any of that. So there's no point. Sh there's no point shaving scandal I, I have that you no want to knowledge about. of that ever happening. Not that I, I can't say. You got to say period after when you wag, wag your finger. Like, it's like Rafael Palmeiro. I can't categorically uh, for confirm or deny that. So you weren't Will Wade, essentially. Oh my goodness! Where do we start with that guy? It's a whole different thing. Wait, is he gambling on games now too? I don't, I don't it's know. All that, speculation. It's all speculation. That money's got to come from somewhere. Yeah, that's a good point. So wait. So when I came in, I got to. I, I, I don't want to wait. I don't want to miss it because I thought I had a gambling. I thought I had a Michigan grad here. My first ever bet on college basketball is yes. placed this year, and I got to make sure I get it in because so, yeah. I was on a business trip. True, I know Vegas. There's, there's no business trips in Vegas, but I actually had to go recruit a guy to help us get that's into. That's what I tell my wife deal. too when yeah, I get a big. Usually works. Yep. 24 hours. We were Hard Rock Cafe. We were going to sit down, have the meeting, however long it went. It was during a conference. We pulled them out of there, sat in the, the circle bar in the middle. We weren't even gambling to get free drinks. We were actually paying for the drinks, which was just stupid. But, you know, it's business. Right your first time. It was your it's first time. It's too. a write-off. Yeah. 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 I, first yeah. time in Vegas when yeah. I wasn't actually playing. <laughs> so I had, I had $100 in my pocket. I, wasn't even, I literally was like, if I bring any money, I'm going to gamble it. I'm going to, you know, play craps. I'm yep. going to roulette at the very least, but definitely blackjack. So I'm not going to do it. I want to make sure that this is, this is as close to a business trip as possible. Mm -hmm. Sportsbook. So I go in there. I'm like, you know what? This is November 15th, day after opening, we, uh, opening night. So maybe one or two days of, of games. So I go in there. I'm, like, I'm with my guy who actually played college basketball, Division III. Um, played in high school at Archbishop Stepanak. Uh, shout out Fro, my guy, HYD. And I said, uh, I said, shit, let me, let me take a shot. So I look up there, and I'm like, well, I got to take Kansas because I want to root for Kansas. They were only Love seven. It. They were 7-1 because they were a heavy favorite early in the, in the year. And I look up there, and I'm like, well, um, Tennessee at 25 to 1? Well, yeah, I think Tennessee is pretty damn good, so I pop Tennessee. And then I'm starting to search around. I see um, Virginia, 17 to 1, which I got. Ding, 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 one. ding. Winner, cool. chicken dinner. Uh, what was the fourth one I took? Have you cashed it? the Virginia ticket yet? Not yet. You I, go back, I, I checked. I got 180 days. I got to get back. I'm definitely not going to mail it. I want to go back in person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what the hell was the fourth one? There was there was one that I pulled that was a pretty good one. I'm going to save the best for last because this one I was shocked at. It was Kansas, Virginia, uh, Tennessee. What the heck was the fourth one? No Duke? I, no, it was anything but Duke. Yeah, okay. Love and that. actually, whoever, whoever this fourth one was, they were in the top five like all year. Trying to, and it was good numbers too. It was like twenty something one. I'll come back to it. But here, here's where the kick. And then I'm then I'm looking at. I go, oh my, fifty Michigan, fifty to one. 
I was losing my freaking mind when they were no more in the country and they yeah. were rolling. I'm like, the first one I make, we're going to hit. And then, then I was when the brackets came out, I was thinking, if I can get four out of these five in the brackets and have the final four, then you're then we're then we're golden. That's the dream. But fifty to one, twenty five to one, it, it was Kansas, Tennessee, Michigan, Virginia, and for some odd reason, I'm, I'm losing. Did you it. ever think about hedging? Oh, I, you know who it was? It was Gonzaga. Uh, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh well, you I'm guys, definitely yeah, yeah. Well, How could I forget? Okay. Like now I'm gonna. And they were like seven. They were like twelve, or they were a double digit. They were at the time like that was when Duke one. was like one to one. Duke, like, everyone was, Duke all was over a heavy Duke. favorite. I'm like, I'm yeah, freaking yeah, yeah, out yeah. for Duke. I'm yeah. gonna gamble on them, even if they were hundred yeah. to one. I take the other ones, but. Yeah, the Michigan one. That's why I was I was fired up to come in and see who the Michigan guy was because like, hey, I bet on Michigan. Like, they screwed it up, but that's why we're Michigan then because we bet on them so much. Beeline, who's no longer there anymore. Now we're scared. We got to find a new team. Well, can't you bet we on just, the Cavs? I don't know if that's going to work out. You said it's different, all, different it's all game. Basketball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, by the way, gambling on NBA games it's, it's impossible. It's impossible. It's, I mean, I sit in the in Oracle and look at these spreads because the guy. When the guy was calling me, my boy, I told you guys before yeah. he came on, my boy's calling me from back in New York, first year out of coaching, and I have a better knowledge of WCC then than I probably do now. And he's like, well, who do you like in WCC? And I'm going through the whole, the whole deal. And like after two months, I'm like, I'm like freaking 75, 80%. Yeah. With this. What the hell it's am amazing. I Yeah, what am I doing? Like this is, and I'm thinking, well, it ain't that hard. I know the league, right? So I'm like, well, I definitely missed a, a great economic opportunity there. But paying attention to what the Warriors spreads were, and seeing what they were, you know, just, just for shits and giggles at the end of the game, like, man, it's, it was incredible. And that was the year that they were taking fourth quarters off because they were just killing everyone in the third quarter. They killed me this year. They were so bad in-game. We always did Warriors in-game, Warriors in-game for, you know, 2015-16. They would go down, they would start trying, and then you would just hammer them because they'd get back down to, like, even money. This year we kept doing it, got absolutely rocked. But they're back, I think. I think they're back, uh, and we're going to hammer them they're again. What, what's the line tonight? Mikey? Plus one and a half. They started at minus one, so they're dogs. They're getting. They're the dogs. Point. So we're ha- are we hammering the Warriors? Tonight? I would take that. Hammerlock. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're on the, the home of the hammerlock. Absolutely. So for we're gonna get back to. Are you gonna talk? Yeah. <laughs> just miss he, he was shocked. I just said they uh, put the hammerlock on halfway through. Yeah, it's exactly. It, it was exciting. Uh, He's got so the we believe shirt on. We, we need the tips for college basketball gambling, but we all kind of have our different things. We we have like these terms like Nucci, neutral side games that we kind of excel on because. Let's be real, college basketball players, most of them are mentally fragile. They go into a road environment. They don't really do too well. Then we, then we got the senior night thing <laughs> that, oh, I, yeah. that I love. I love betting on teams on senior night. And then Vern has the, this theory that the team, if someone gets injured, their next game, they respond at a better clip. This they is play. all college basketball? This is all college basketball. Is there any variables involved in college kids <laughs> you, right now, especially you, with freaking social media? Do you have, do you have anything that stands out like, you think that you, at college basketball? Yeah, don't gamble on it. Come like, on. Oh, no, no. I'd no. rather do the pros than do that. Simply off the table. Cannot not gamble. What else? What are, like, what's the key <laughs> to look for? So like, I, just, I just lock on to neutral side games, and for some reason, I think that's my lucky charm. Do you check charm. officials, too? I don't check officials. We should. You well, got for the, the higher, for the the higher scoops? no, but for the higher level games, yeah. you check officials. And the only reason I say check officials is and there's probably a way to do this. Those guys are doing five, six, seven games a week. So check their travel schedule. I mean, I, like I'm really going deep on this. I love oh, yes. we love this. this. Check, check the travel schedule because, it. and if they're the lead official, like yeah, I think if you pay attention to that, and I'm not saying like that's the key, but their special middle middle of the season, January, February, when it's getting deep. You know, some of these guys that, that are, are trying to, you know, get more money by, by officiating more games because they're still independent contractors. But even some of the young guys that are with them who may or may, or may not be on the fence to get voted into mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament where they all want to get to, you know, the dynamic of, of, the, um, of the, the crew. And I'll tell you something else. Talk about scheduling. A big part of scheduling, which my dad did for 16 years at Kansas and forever as an AD. He's a legend. You determine who your officials are. So a lot of times you can figure out. So if Michigan, so let's say in, um, let's That's use Michigan. Let's say Michigan's playing Duke in New York. Yeah. What officials are they using? I mean, I think that's more important towards early stage bets in college basketball than anything else because you really don't know what the hell's going on in college probably till January. And you're looking for if they call a bunch of fouls, if they. No, no, no. I just think if you're using ACC officials in a, it, in, a conference. Cro- in, a, in a cross-conference game, they're already going to be more familiar with the players, but also that coach. And look, I'd even, as far as the new coaches go, so Nate Oates at Alabama. Nate Oates at Alabama has 
was in as a Buffalo. Yep. He probably has no feel for the officiating in the SEC quite yet. So I'd say early on Fate. for some of his big ones, it could have an effect. You know, you're talking about a point or two here or there. I mean, it's – look, it, it may be a stretch and a reach, but I think when you're dissecting and really had it – because there's no other way to ascertain – college basketball with all the crap they got going on you hit at 80 percent last year so there is a little bit of a way well that that was you know we just, just gotta ask gut. you yeah that was good always go with your gut we always go with our heart <laughs> well, your first answer. we do not listen to our heads we're all gut people. first all answer. gut men yeah is so your dad's the reason why john higgins is coaching all the kansas games john higgins best, hair best hair and officiating oh, far best hair and officiating he's not a bad official is he no no i mean i think he just gets you know maligned for his it's the hair narcissism but yeah, that's he, he has had big hand gestures. Like, he loves the charge, takes a couple oh, steps yeah. into it. I hate refs. Did, so does that upset you as that. a coach when the ref takes, like, three steps ref and then calls the charge? I will say this. There are five, I think maybe six officials that were in our conference, the West Coast Conference, which wasn't very well known for having good officials, that are now in the NBA. No really? Shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, Did yeah. you they, think they, they were, were good full, at the time? No. Yeah. No, not at all. But they had the look, the small waist, you know, the big, right. big arms, and they'd run right, and they'd have the mechanics down, and they were, you know, a couple of them actually were pretty good and have gone on to be, I think, decent NBA officials. It's a different game. It's a different mindset. But they groomed them, and they, they plucked them out of our league, and I didn't think they handled the game great, by and large, at the WCC level. What's the weirdest thing an official has ever said to you? The weirdest thing? Yeah, like something crazy, like, what the fuck is he talking about? No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one of the things that kind of came out of left field. So we had one of the ACC officials uh, for the Iona game in the CIT championship. That he was there because he wasn't in the Final Four, but he, he was an NCA official, and I'd known him because one thing that I had the benefit of was having been in four or five of the six power conferences, especially as an assistant during the timeouts. You get to know these guys, and they come over and they BS with you pregame, and you're out there in warmups. You you see them traveling sometimes. You're out recruiting, and they're going game to game. And I remember during the, the timeout, or during the last minute we were winning, it was a free throw, and he comes over and he kind of, you know, puts his hand in front of his mouth. He doesn't want to see anyone talk. Not that anyone was really watching the damn game anyway. I don't even think it was on. Well, it might have been on CBS Sports Network at the time. Oh, great, sure. great network. He, he's, like, he's like, man, you guys are doing a good job. must be great having Nash help you out. And I'm like, who the hell is Nash? He's like, no, Steve Nash help you out? I'm like, no, not at all. He hasn't come around at all. Like, no, we're doing, we're doing all this shit without him. So appreciate a little bit more. Yeah. Just kind of, you know, unsolicited out of nowhere. Nice, nice sign of respect, which I thought was kind of funny that he thought we were only doing it because a guy 20 years ago, right. you know, made it around the NCAA tournament. You know, all due respect to Steve, uh, which, by the way, we know what all due respect means. Like, <laughs> nothing was happening. Uh, but, no, that's, that was Steve's decision. You know, he didn't, he, he's, he wasn't, uh, and I know, I've gotten to know him and know his agent real well, know his uh, people in his agency really, really well, and obviously was a, a big part of what Santa Clara's history is about, but not uh, a big part of what our success Bleacher, Bleacher Report colleague Steve Nash now. So oh, yeah. we'll, soccer. We'll, soccer. We can, yeah, we can, have, soccer a, we can guy. have a word with him. Yeah, you know, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't banging our door down to say, you know, let me help you Just out. Just the soccer program. He, you know, eventually, though, we did get a chance to, to hook up with him. I mean, he was still playing. Yeah. So I didn't expect him just right. to like, be at our beck and call. Uh, but I just thought it was funny. The ref brought that up. I thought, like, this was only happening right. because, like, oh, yeah. must be great. Nash is helping you out. Uh, he, he ended up talking to our team on one of our LA trips when he was with the Lakers. We nice. uh, caught him after a practice and he came on the bus, talked to the guys. He was great. Uh, and actually, one of the stipulations, you can bring this up to him because I know we didn't talk about it. There was an event going on in May. This was probably my next to last year. So 2013, 14 time, maybe 15. And the soccer coach wanted him to come on for some event. He said, well, the only... The only stipulation is we have to have a pickup soccer game. So, Jerry, so Jerry's like, we're going to have this soccer game. Do you want to play? I'm like, hey, I, I grew up playing soccer. Like, okay. yeah, I'll, I'll freaking play soccer. Give me a pair of boots, man. I'll, we'll we'll yeah. rock and roll. But it wasn't like a half court or a half field. It was a freaking full on, 11 full on pitch, 11. 11 on 11. I'm like, I'm freaking playing forward. I'm keeping my ass up here. Yeah. Did score a goal. Let's so go. you can remind Header? me. No. Send that no, in the no, box. No. Okay. Little, 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 uh, little, little far post Cheeky. action. Cheeky. Yeah. I, uh, I was crafty like that. Yeah, I and, see you. Uh, scored a goal in the Steve Nash pickup game. Haven't gotten an invitation to the Steve Nash uh, celebrity game back in New York yet, but 
They're, I'm, they're scared I'm sta- of you. I'm staying in shape. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll we'll keep you ready. Yeah, for so- soccer. I was, I was I I dug soccer playing. Soccer's big on Long Island. Not lacrosse is now, but yeah. I've never won a soccer bet in my entire life. Talk about a fucking hard sport to bet on. It's impossible. What are they, they over unders or goals? They squares? have all. The, it's hard to bet. You don't even know. You can draw, win, tie. Like. Well, you do know. There's three outcomes. Win, draw. Right, but there's three instead of two. That's where they get well, you. What That's about the aggregate stuff when they play each other twice? Is that gets all fucked? Up. I don't know. I stay I stay away from soccer betting. You're all college. I'm basketball. still trying to get these college basketball. Teams. You guys are gluttons. For and you did, you did just kind of like we just kind of got all our theories debunked, which is hurting it a little bit, hurting the ego a little you bit. You also went, you said don't gamble in the NBA, but then you said don't gamble in college basketball, which you do hit eighty percent on. So what are we betting on? What, are, well, what should we bet on? That's self-proclaimed eighty percent. That's no, no, not facts and no, figures I'm, against this the spread. This sheet says eighty-five percent actually. So <laughs> do we have any other tips besides looking at the refs? Uh, for college basketball, college basketball, I wouldn't bet on college basketball the first two weeks. The first time I would bet would be at Maui. I'd, I'd let the first week go and kind of really see because there's so many – well, now especially you're going to have so many young kids impacting the game. And, you know, you can only see so much from high school translate over to, to, to college in terms of actual impact. But I would, I, if I was gambling college basketball full-time, I would when? gamble coaches. I would gamble coaches more than games. Which coaches in particular? <laughs> Oh, you're really trying. <laughs> wait, wait, trying. it's June right now. Hey, we have all summer to this It's out. never too early. It's never uh, too early. I'm I, out here I, getting I, on the WNBA. And coaches and styles and, and, you know, again, why are we not betting the over on Gonzaga every game? We know Fuse going to leave his starters in. I mean, like, you got to know the trends of what coaches are and what they aren't. Uh, having been in college basketball for 25 years, you probably have a decent idea of which coaches like other coaches, which coaches don't, which which ones care for the other guys, and which is like, ah, whatever. Um yeah, and I, and I think as far as WCC, now WCC has changed a little bit because they changed the travel schedule too. So you don't have the, the vaunted uh, LMU Pepperdine trip, which is, crazy enough, difficult to make. It's not easy, not just in L.A. Like getting up to Malibu, getting to Pepperdine, if you want to switch hotels and stay across the canyon, it, it, it's kind of snuck up on some teams, and Pepperdine's had some success. The kids, the kids are at the club all night too. Well. I it's mean, LA. you never know. It's LA. You never know. Which, which kids are at the club? Santa Clara, man. We had a few on, kids man. at UCLA go. Uh, g- there's a gambling. There's an Indian reservation with it with a, a casino near Spokane. That sounds uh, deadly. We actually lost to Washington State after we clinched the league, beating Washington, because the guys didn't give a crap anymore, and Ben wanted to keep winning every game. But they achieved the goal of winning the winning the league, and then we'll get our seed. So we lost to Washington State. We're staying in Spokane, and like. The next morning, I figured out. I never knew all these years. Like there was a, I mean, only because the guys went out and went gambling that night. A couple of guys went out because they didn't really give a crap. The season was over anyway. So they yeah. had that money you in the pocket know. too. Yeah, I love that. You know, how can you trust college kids to gamble on them in that in that sense? At, I mean, are we talking you guys gambling high level college games or all of them? All of them. Yeah, you guys Anything. are really There's, they have masochists. To try, they have to try every game. Morons. It's, it's a Wednesday night, like. During the fall, you have a beer, you watch a college game. You you gotta, got the, what do you root for? Are you only gambling the ones that are on? And, yeah. Well, they're all I, on now. I mean, you can watch them anywhere. Well, yeah, ESPN three, ESPN streaming. plus, CBS Sports Network. You know, we'll get you. Whatever. We're gonna get you this fall into all. We'll, we're gonna we're gonna get it. We became big Wofford. I don't like the direction this is going. <laughs> we became big Wofford guys. We just find a team. We usually ride it. You Wofford? Have, yeah. yeah, I know the Wofford guys. What really? Great well. team. One man. of my that, former assistants recruited all those kids at Wofford. He's now the head Mag- coach at yeah. Appalachian State. If you want to pass on a message to him, you tell him Fletcher McGee owes us a thousand dollars. You can Venmo me. I'll give you my Venmo. Oh, you got over twelve. Over twelve. We were heavy on Wofford. They were six-point dogs, and they lost by seven, I think. Fletcher McGee, 0 for 12 from three-point yeah, line. Best, best three-point shooter. Not still mad. You can tell I'm over it. <laughs> Should we go on a rapid fire? Yeah. No, we, got about, we got about 10 minutes left. Let's go rapid fire, if that's cool with you, and I, then wrap I, it up. Yeah, I go got ahead. one question. Before we do rapid fire, cleanest coach in college basketball of the big boys? Cleanest coach? Probably just left. Probably B-line. Yeah. Yeah, I was think it was. Beeline, Beeline was the first coach I beat as an opposing uh, assistant scouting his team when he was at Canisius when I was Wake Forest. So oh, wow. I got that little you feather in my cap, which means absolutely nothing. That should have got you the Michigan job. Can you con- yeah, exactly. Can you confirm that Bill Self is you know an innocent man? He's got a... Oh, that innocent man? Yeah. What he's in terms of recent man. develops? Just, recent development? Just in the... In it. Yeah. He, he's got a ton of resources at Kansas. Okay, all right. Good, good. Dirtiest coach in college basketball. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, uh, Will Wade's doing everything he can yeah. to take that claim. Yeah. Did you see uh, the guys asking him if he actually said strong-ass offer on tape? And he yes. still said couldn't say yes or no? He's like, I need to see the tape. Like, seriously. You got to like, watch the tape. 
I loved going to press conference because it was like everything was yes or no. There was nothing vague about it. We either won or we lost. Like, let me take it in a direction. I'm going to take it. You want to ask me about it? There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing vague about it. You never say, I got to watch the tape before I can answer this question. That's what no. I do in meetings when someone asks a tough question. I, <laughs> I got to watch the tape before I can give you a yes or no. Or you just no look here. at the stat sheet and just make it up. Yeah, that, that works too. Yeah, we got to go back and watch the film. Got to watch, always got to watch Which the film. we always did. Another thing I did way too much early on was watch film after we played that night. Like, talk about crucifying my assistants. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was a shitty head coach the first couple of years. Probably not a good head coach outside of the two years, one of the CBI and the CIT. But that's why you're ready for Michigan. But you were uh, ready for trivia? Michigan. Who has the biggest turnaround in NCAA Division I college basketball from one season to the next? Kerry Keating. Thank you very much. Love it. I had no idea. I yeah. Just, I knew. 18, I knew in my 18 wins. Went from 8 and 22 to 26 and 14. Or 26 what and year was that? Your... That was the year before. I was in between the CIT and CBI. We Got lost it. our two. So, again, we'll go back to the beginning. This answers your question. It is about Jimmy's and Joe's because our top two players were out for the year in between with a knee injury and a suspension. So, he we went 20, 24, 0 and 18 in the league, and then 126. What are kids getting suspended for? He got suspended for a DUI. Okay. Which, which so, I, we, we talk about, again, this is why college is so jacked up. You are, a, a, you are subjugated to their rules, not the rules of the NBA and the association so much. So case in point. And Mike Bray told me about this because he had a kid that he lost to a marijuana deal. And he said, look, you got to do what the school says. You can't, don't fight it. So I didn't fight it, but he was never proven guilty, even though we knew what happened. He was, you know. Pizzas in, in his car and wanted to go to McDonald's instead and stopped at the green light, never moved, and ended up getting getting popped. But his court case wasn't until after the season in the spring. And the school right away said he's suspended for the rest of the year. It's soft. But he, it. It, 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 he could practice. No, I'm take that back. He, uh, could he practice? I'm not sure if he could practice. There was a whole rule about the original rules written at the school were written by like the six charter organizations on Jesuits. campus. Jesuits. If don't get me started. If you're <laughs> if you're if you're the managing editor of the newspaper, all right, and you get a DUI, you can just not be in a leadership position, but you can still write your articles. If you're an athlete, you're done. You can't compete anymore. So like this was like written in the sixties and seventies, like this doesn't make any sense. Right. And we need to get this kid help, which I ended up sending him to rehab. We I had to pull him out of school. I couldn't pull him out of school because he was so far down the road to get a progress and we were quarter school. We had to wait a whole other quarter. He ends up coming back and has a hell. Kevin Foster had a yeah. hell of a year, and you know it, it turned out that there was a reason why he was doing that, and, and it was it was more of a social thing and a way of dealing with it. And it, it was something we had to take head on, but we couldn't win without him. And right. then Trasolini that year had blown out his knee in the summer when we took him to Vancouver back home to play, um, going, and so we lost our two best players. We, know, we had no chance to win a game. Oh, and eighteen in the league. But it gave you the record best turnaround. It worth it. it, it all one thing leads to another, yeah. I, and you know what? N- None of the kids transferred. Talk about, talk about under the gun. So I, I'm under the gun if I can't have anybody transfer or we may have consequences on our, on our, our contract. We're going through an 0-18 deal. They don't care because they, sus- yeah. they suspended the kid. They didn't want to do it in the beginning. I suspended him for, for the action, and then we were going to take, do something with it. We had Trestlini out, and none of the kids left. So it was really great that they all came back. And I'll tell you what, that CBI deal – was pretty good. So I that's mean, number one. Locky Town two. I, Russell, I'd say CBS was good because we, we beat Purdue on the road um, and beat uh, George Mason on the road. We we, we had really good row wins. You guys were sleepy. Hey, I'm Jay, sure you covered look, some spreads there. Jay, Jay Wright, he, he he ain't being coach. Steve Offord, he ain't being coach. Matt Painter, he ain't being coach. I, mean, I can go on and on right there, but nah, yeah. they're still all coaching. I'm just hanging out with you guys. Yeah. So. yeah, but you're having fun. We're that's, having that's really all the I get to game like college basketball yeah. next year. We're going to be true. so rich this week. We're going to be so rich. <laughs> all right, we're going I don't want to get you guys to a high level of expectation to think like we're just going to cash out and start our own. You've already know. given us too many no, tips. That, that needs to happen. You're our white happen. knight. What is the name of our venture firm? That's all I want to Locky Town. Locky Town Ventures? LLC. Locky Town Ventures. That's it. Perfect. So we're all going to get rich, make about $10 million, start our fund. That's it. This was easy. At least $10 million. Yeah. Hey, well, I can't start a fund without $10 million. We end every podcast by saying, let's get rich. Yeah. So, perfect. Okay, we're, in, we're, in Silicon, we're in the valley. You know how that is. The money's in the money. So yep. we got to start our own fund. Got to spend to make, baby. Parker, you want to do rapid fire? I, just, I only had one real question. I just wanted to know, oh. did you ever have a moment where you wanted to choke out PJ Carlos Mel Go spree ball on him. So PJ's distinction is he's used the F word in more ways than anyone else in the history of, <laughs> of the English language. And um, I learned that distinction my freshman year in college, of course, playing for him. And he's also obviously a restaurant connoisseur of sorts. 
but yeah, there were times. I have a, I have a one great PJ story for you. So my freshman year, again, this is why you can't bet on college basketball. Not that I was making an impact on the game because I was never playing. We finished the first co- first semester, Seton Hall semester school. I used to hang out with all the baseball players. They, I played baseball growing up. Was actually going to go to Seton Hall to play baseball until PJ talked me into coaching as a student, but getting to play the first year. So I really wanted to play baseball. So I knew all the baseball guys. So I'd hang out with them. And we get done with exams. I got one, one show up and press a button, uh, BMIS class the next day. So I don't have to study for it. Let's go over to the varsity local watering hole. Have one. Let's have one. Just one. Just one. It's always one. Just one. So one turned into as many, as you can as you can imagine. We come back. His girlfriend was the RA on the floor, so she had all the toilet paper in her room. So that's where they stored the toilet paper for the kids. And plus, it was coming to the end of the end of the semester, so they were starting to store stuff. So we go in there. He's talking to her, and I see all the toilet paper. I'm like, I, I had toilet paper the whole hallway. Everyone's up studying quiet hours, so all the doors back and forth. It's like this, just like five foot high off or three foot high off off the floor, just wall of white. And I go, I go all the way down. I do the whole thing. I turn around. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. How am I gonna get back? Like, I didn't want to go downstairs. I was kind of like, I just want to get out. So now I'm like Carl Lewis and the whole deal. I'm high jumping over. I'm like, screw it. I'm just gonna hide. So I like one, two, three. The third one, I go, bam, right into the support steel beam in the ceiling. Get the knocked out. Like, no one sees it because everyone's else in the room. So I'm like, oh, I touch my head. I come down. I'm like, man, that shit hurt. I go in the room. I'm like, guys, I just whacked the shit out of my head. And I put my head down. And I, all I could hear was, oh, crap. Yeah. Blood just flying out. The next thing I hear is one of my teammates, Renee Montessarin, was, was a year ahead of me, a kid from Connecticut. And he goes, no, 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 no. That's my towel I stole from the Omni Hotel. Don't use that one. I'm like, what are you guys doing? He's like, dude, you got to go to the hospital, man. Your shit is jacked up. <laughs> So now we grew up to the hospital. It's like 3, 4 in the morning. And they shave, big shaver, open up the, they take all the hair off. So I get this bald patch on my head, stitch it up. And now I got to go to practice the next day. But that, we went to, we were going to Vegas to open up the Mirage Hotel and do a four-game series or four-game tournament with Michigan, UNLV, and Iowa. And I was like, I go into the, they're like, dude, you got to come up with a story. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you can't tell PJ that you're out, you know. So I came up with this thing like I jumped out of my bunk bed and hit my, hit my head in the ceiling. So I know now as a coach, like all the coaches were like, yeah. this jackass, yeah, there's no way, true. right? Yeah. But the best part about it was I was begging the trainer, you got to let me practice. It was two days later, we traveled. You got to let me, he's like, oh, he's okay, he's okay. By the way, concussion protocols, like my shit should have been like a month, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> I was like, I'm looking at him blackout. So we're at, we're at the Thomas and Mac. I take the ball out of bounds. We're running up and down. I turn around. And I, and I look, and I see three Oliver Taylors. Literally, I was cross-eyed. I didn't know where he was. It was like, I, it's like me looking at you three guys right now. Like, I'm like, oh, I literally was like, split decision. He's over there. And I just throw the ball. He was over there. <laughs> and the ball goes out of bounds. And PJ was notorious for sitting on the other standards, the old hydro-rib standards. He'd sit them there, and he'd look around. And, he, and, he, and our trainer's name, John Levitt, he called him Bunny. This is Bunny Levitt. PJ nickname for everybody. He goes, Bunny. What the fuck is he doing on his court? Get his ass out of here. Like, like just for like a minute, just goes totally off me. And I just like put my head between my tail, like, sorry, bunny. I just walked by him, like, sorry, bunny. He's like, yeah, you jerk. Like, you know, like, I just remember, like, P's like, if I'm going to feel the wrath of PJ like that, like, I'm never going to do it again. And then I, of course, went to work for him the next year as a video coordinator. And you heard all kinds of shit yeah. when the film was all jacked up, which it usually was, uh, given that I had to learn how to do it. So, legend. Yeah. I never wanted to choke him, though. He, I've known him since I was two years old. My, he and my dad are, are forever bonded. Uh, but it was kind of interesting to see. I, I can see how that happened, given his propensity for put a little mustard on that pass. <laughs> or don't pass to the guy over there when he's over there. Yeah, That so. helps. Okay, we'll wrap it up. We will take whatever um, predictions, bets you have for us tonight. Anything that you say, we will bet on. Is that confirmed, Vern? Oh, no, yeah. pressure. Okay. The pressure. This is, this is, there's no pressure. So yeah, I'm going to be on this post-game show tonight for Travis, all sorts of kind of... Guilt. Well, there's going to be no out. guilt. We're going to win. You, hammer locks. All okay. Right. No guilt. Game one, Warriors plus one and a half. I would take that. Okay. We're taking that. How many games? Who wins the series and in how many games? I, I want to say, like, my, my gut says that they could sweep this. Because I, I watched the Milwaukee-Toronto um, game six to get ready for tonight just to kind of see mm-hmm. some of the stuff. One of my good friends is the color analyst for the Raptors. So we talked about what the Raptors really like to do. We've seen them all season, not just in the playoffs, but, and gave me some insights. So I went back and watched, rewatched the game. Milwaukee was awful. I mean, they were, they were, Giannis, 
is going to get paid $48 million a year next year. He can't guard anybody. Like, I'm, I'm shocked at how bad he was on defense. And I'm sitting there, and my wife's like, what are you yelling at? Like, you're yelling at the computer, like, what the hell are you guys doing? You know, the coach stays in you. Yeah. I said, like, if, if that's Draymond, and this is what the Raptors had to do just to beat the Bucks, and if they're locked in, and now I look at the nine days as not really a detriment. It, obviously, it helps you get healed and get rested, but they're going to have a clear game plan to defend all of the sets, and especially the, the, the key sets and when they get to the half court. I expect a transition defense to put him in half court as much as possible. They're going to have all the pre-switches, all the switch to switches. Draymond's going to be running live. Draymond is kind of a dark horse, dark horse MVP candidate. Next question, I, I MVP. So I'm, I'm locking in Warriors. I think they're plus 550 to sweep. I want, so I want to say sweep. I, I, I don't think it's a bad sprinkle. Sprinkle. Sprinkle dinkle. I, I, like, call it here. Sprinkle I dinkle. like six because it's so much mojo. I went to finish yeah. it out at Oracle, and I think six makes sense. Um, but, yeah, and then and, and is there odds on if Durant's playing or not? We actually asked for that. I don't think they like to give yeah. the speculative injury odds. Yeah. But finals MVP, Durant's plus 1,500. So if they were to lose game one, game two, he could come back. I think that's a nice sprinkle. I, I like Draymond as a dark horse MVP. Plus, plus I mean, 600 I saw. For, for Draymond? Dray- yeah. Yeah, I like that's that. A, that's good value. I mean, Steph, Steph and Kawhi are the obvious yep. ones. Um, Clay, Clay don't, don't sleep on Clay now either. Yeah, because Clay Clay has to have a big impact on this series defensively for that to really happen, and he can have as much of an impact defensively towards an MVP type vote, maybe even more because his offense may override Draymond's offense. But if Draymond slimmed down, Draymond stays on this route where he's playing without any drama outside of you know what's happening in the game. He, he to me, he's got a, as good a chance as anybody. And we'll close it with my favorite bet in any Warriors Finals game. I made a lot of money on this like three years ago, so I bet it every Finals now. Who makes the first three-pointer tonight, Raptors or Warriors? I always bet. I thought you were going to say which guy in the Warriors is going to do it. Could be Warriors or Raptors. Which Who is the guy oh, the that Warriors. makes the first? No, who? what player, though? What player? On the way. So it's, it's That's team and player? Just player. What player makes the first three-pointer tonight? See, I, I, see, I, I see. this is why I'm going to be such a shitty uh, gambling guru for you guys because I'll outthink it totally. Uh, that's what you got it? It's going to be Draymond because it's not going to be Draymond. That's his best. That's, that's, be Draymond. Draymond. that's his best. Plus 1,040 bucks to win 400. When he hits it tonight, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to shoot you some tweets. We'll, we'll Although, see some reactions I'll be watching from the these game guys. And, and right off the tip when Steph comes down and, they, and, they, and Gasol can't get out of that first ball screen, he's going to – Unless they double him and Draymond fades, fades yeah, up to the – That's all right. Yeah. All right. Kerry Keating. Well, then it becomes clay because it's four on three and Draymond's going to make the extra pass. No, so I'll bet, bet on all the Warriors. Someone's got to hit. Pray it's not the rap, someone on the Is that allowed? Are you allowed to hedge like that? You can bet on anything. <laughs> Obviously. I don't it's know all if it's out. profitable, but it's fun. At, yeah. at the end of the day, it's got to be fun. Might not be the best idea. You, anything else you want to have for us? Any parting words? I don't words? know. I'm, I'm sure we missed a lot, but I'm, we're going to get you best I still want. I like where it is to start off, though. I still want Adam Morrison, the Adam Morrison story, but. Next can, time we're we can on, save that for next time. Friend of the pod, Kerry Keating, when he's hitting at 85% on WNBA games this summer, that will happen come July. We're going to get you on WNBA. We're going to get you on Let's summer just league. Hope that we cover the one and a half tonight. Okay. Yes. Love it. What's the over under? I'm not sure. I don't bet over unders because I never bet the under. Two thirteen. Two thirteen and a half. I like the under. Under. Okay. Yeah. Under and Warriors plus one Ooh, and a half. I like that. Yeah. That means and you I'm have you, to bet the under. You know what? Like usually, I will bet the under. I'm usually an over guy. Yeah. But I, I think this first one's going to be more of a defensive struggle. Some nerves. Game oh, just, one, a, just a defensive game struggle. Game ones in the NBA playoffs are 14-1, and the under. There this you year. go, see? So my gut is also... He's the numbers my, nerd. He's the numbers nerd. My a good gut stat. is also... It's a good stat. The good stats stat. back up my gut. Yeah. There you go. Although it'll be great because I just get to yell at the TV with Larry and Donald for two hours to get ready for our show. So Perfect. This will well, be fun. So we put a little, a little, little more on. added incentive. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Can yeah. confirm, best Lockie Town podcast. Appreciate ever. it. Thanks, guys. Look forward to the next one. It's, Thank you. All, it's always our night. Let's get rich.